You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Yes, good morning and welcome back everyone to Real Presence Live. We are live from the beautiful Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota, the Diocese of Bismarck. My name is Mike Kidrowski, and I'm here with um, co-host Amanda Ellerkamp. And uh, we have uh, uh, the opportunity, the wonderful opportunity, to visit with Monsignor Thomas Richter, the pastor here at Queen of Peace. Welcome back, Monsignor. Always good to be with you. Uh, God bless you. too, man. God bless you. And, uh, gee, it's uh, it's the first day of winter. It's not so bad out there. Uh, you know, the, the weather has been uh, very cooperative in uh, western North Dakota, and we're the Tuesday before Christmas, the fourth week of Advent, Monsignor. Can you believe it? It goes fast. It goes right. fast every year. All right. Indeed. Well, we, uh, we take this uh, segment, Winning Souls for Christ. It was never meant to be complicated. And, uh, you, you know, you gave this uh, presentation to the Thirst Conference in Bismarck in 2017, and it's still... Uh, it's still on the web. It's still available to folks. And I listened to it the other day, and you gave some uh, outstanding statistics about mass attendance over the last 20 years, led into uh, 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 led into how that uh, is affecting us today. So, uh, can you give us an overview of those stats that uh, that you mentioned back in 2017? Certainly, certainly, Mike. Uh, but if I could back up just a sure. little bit before that. Um, everything we're going to talk about today is found in a booklet that uh, um, was written that I wrote some years ago. Okay. And uh, the listeners can order that at www.integratedevangelization.com. www.integratedevangelization.com. You can order it right online. And uh, it will make me a little money. So, <laughs> so buy all kinds of them. If you uh, want to give Monsignor a Christmas gift, go on right. and order them for all yeah. your friends and family. All your friends, families, priests, everybody. Yes. Let so. me give that website out again. www.integratedevangelization.com. Yeah. All right. Thank That's you. complicated. Evangelization isn't complicated, but that website <laughs> is. So um, as far as statistics found in there, um, there's many of them. I find I find the two most uh, sort of uh, what impactful, maybe shocking, uh, cause a sense of urgency inside of the the disciples' heart is uh, the statistics around millennials. Mm. That uh, you know, as far as the percentage of people who go to mass today versus 50 years ago. Uh, much of that is anecdotal. I think uh, one could be safe. I think one could be safe that 50 years ago, uh, around 50% of Catholics, and that wouldn't be stretching things. Right. Um, and today, I think uh, we're around 25%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the statistics around, right? Uh, Rob Bishop Barron always talks about uh, these surveys where 70% of Catholics no longer believe in the full presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Um, and so that would say also something about, uh, I suppose, mass attendance. But the two, the two most, like uh, I think, um, hard, strong, trust, uh, trustworthy statistics are millennials, and those are people b- uh, born in the early '80s up until the early uh, millennium, and that's ten percent. Ten percent of millennial Catholics go to mass mm. regularly. Ten percent. Mm. So you understand, right? That these are these are 
37-year-old people down right. to 17. So these are young families. These are the families who are sending their kids to school. These are the families who are young professionals. These are the families who would be um, filling pews. These are the families on fire for the Lord. These are the families uh, in the battle. Amanda, you know all about that, huh? As a young mom, uh, when you were a young mom. So, thank <laughs> you, That's that my Christmas present. Thank to you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't intended, but that was funny. Okay. But, but, um,. So, so, so th- these aren't, you know, these aren't 16 year olds or freshmen in college only. Right. And 10%, that means 90% of the, of the generation of leaders aren't going to church. Yeah. How do you run anything viably when 90% of your membership isn't engaged at all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that a lot in funerals, right? I have a funeral here in uh, an hour and a half. And you you see the 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 generation the millennial generation who um, who aren't uh, real sort of um, what uh, proficient when it comes to what uh, what you do inside of a church you know mm-hmm. and and the person you're burying their grandpa or grandma was a pillar of the faith mm-hmm. so I think that ah. that's that's an urgent sort of sort of statistic the millennials mm-hmm. um, and it. Deeply concerns Bishop Barron and all the people in that world. Um, the other, the other statistic, um, which I think is a, these are real barometers, real signposts, um, beacons of where the how the faith is doing, and that's around the sacraments of matrimony and baptism. Sacraments of matrimony and baptism. These are real hard numbers. These come from the Kennedy Directory, the Catholic uh, statistical uh, official uh, statistical book that comes out every year. Mm-hmm. In 1972, so that was what, uh, just about 50 years ago? 50 years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. In 1972, 415,000 Catholic couples received the sacrament of matrimony that year in America. 415,000. Huh? So there are 415,000 sacraments of matrimony that occurred that year. In 2017, I don't have uh, 2021, 2017 when I gave this talk that right. you were referring to. So that was 45 years later. 148,000. Hmm. From 415 to 148. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just about one thir- only one third, a little bit above one third. Mm-hmm. And in that same time, in those same 45 years, the Catholic population increased by 25 million. Increased by 25 million, and then the, the marriages went down. Sunk by 70 percent, 60 percent. Yeah. Interesting. What's that telling you, Monsignor? Well, tell <laughs> us. Tell us. Tell us. What's that? I mean, that, that, that's that's telling me that uh, the most basic thing, the most basic thing, the love between a man and a woman. We're losing the desire to bring that into Christ. Ah, uh, yeah. We're losing the most basic faith that Christ is the source of married love. Mm-hmm. That uh, that the love between a man and a woman brought into God makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that Christ is the one who chooses a man and a woman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. So these are just some real basic, real basic Christian desires. That have been that that have, um, you know, not shriveled in uh, centuries, and now they now they are. 
Baptism. Do we have time before break? Uh, yes. Baptism. Yes, we have some, absolutely. 1997. So 19. Th- this is the this is the newest thing in my uh, little sort of uh, research. Is baptisms now decreasing? Hmm. And that's quite recent. In 1997, there were 1.1 million baptisms in the country. 1.1 million in 1997. In 2017, 20 years later, 700,000. I was thinking as you were talking, you know, Monsignor, even at the be- the beginning of the 10% of millennials, that drop off in the age that those are of the trickle-down effect that, that you would see with that, you know, because those are the age when you're getting married, you're having children and all those right sort of Amanda. things. And then you have that trickle-down yes. effect of now we're not getting married yeah. or we're not getting married in the church or, and now we're not baptizing our children. And now that next generation is not being brought up right. in the faith. You know, so this is not just an anecdotal, like, oh, well, this group over here, but there's long-term consequences, you know, for not only our church, but our society as well. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't, this is the darkest day of the year, December 21st, so I suppose (laughs) it's appropriate that we're talking about these dark things. Yeah. So we we don't want to leave everyone just sad, but it's it's real. See, the concern, you you got right on that, Amanda. So, So the concern is from... From millennials, ten percent of millennials practicing the faith, ninety percent not. How many, When does that become the ninety percent no longer have baptisms? Yes. And so now you have the ten percent who practice, and now ten percent of those. Yeah, it's it's a it's a trickle down effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when I was newly ordained twenty five years ago, um, you know, no no matter how sort of distant. A couple was, a Catholic couple was from the practice of the faith, etc. There were there were very 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 few few who didn't want to baptize their child. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now you, you wanted we sat you sat down and had a nice conversation with them and what does baptism mean without the Eucharist and and all that and you did your best there, but but they still even if they wanted didn't want. Uh, and had a desire to integrate that level of faith. They wanted baptism for their child, and that meant something. And that's an opportunity then to evangelize, you know, totally. when they when they bring their children yep. in for baptism and those things. So um, I think we have to go to a break here, but I, I want to, as, as you said, you know, there's that dark, we want to turn that to light. Like, what are we, <laughs> yeah. we going to do with this? So perhaps after the break, we can have that discussion about, okay, this is the dark sobering statistics. Now what? You know, what, what can we do to yes. try and turn that around? Yes, uh, we, are, <laughs> we are going to be waiting, anticipating some answers here. Folks, don't go away. This is good stuff. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter, and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us this morning, listeners. My name is Amanda Ellerkamp. I'm here with Mike Kidrowski. We are broadcasting live at Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota. 
on this first day of winter and uh, this fourth week of Advent as we are heading quickly towards Christmas. We're joined in this segment by the pastor here at Queen of Peace Parish, Monsignor Thomas Richter, and we're talking about winning souls for Christ and kind of renewing that evangelization. Uh, Before the break, Monsignor, you were sharing kind of some sobering statistics with us about not only the decrease in mass attendance that we've seen over the past 20 or so years, but also those just seeking out the sacraments and what used to be kind of considered basic sacraments of matrimony and baptism. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, those are sobering statistics as we were talking about and having that trickle-down effect of now we've got children being born into families where there's there's no faith life, there's no catechesis. Um, so can you speak a little bit about that, you know, fact that we're dealing with and kind of where do we go from here? You very know, it, it's very uh, concerning. Very good. Yeah, we're going to get to Christmas joy eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I I, th- I think it's important that we diagnose the thing rightly, right? Mm-hmm. That we diagnose what's going on rightly, that we understand what's happening. And I think uh, the most basic uh, clear diagnosis is secularism, uh, this spirit of secularism, which which at the end of the day results in God is not real enough to make a difference. Yeah. God is not real enough. To, to baptize or not baptize doesn't make a difference because God isn't real. God, he might be. He might. He might be out there. He might exist. All that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, a relationship with Him cannot be to the level of realness to where it makes a difference whether I'm married in the church or not, whether my child is baptized or not. Um, this is what we're after. This, what, what, uh, this is what we need to um, address. That God is real. Jesus is real. Meeting him is real. He's a real person. I can have a lived, real relationship with him. That makes a real difference. Mm-hmm. That makes the difference whether I'm going to be joyful or not, happy or not, have peace or not, have meaning or not. That God is real. And he's real in a way that can make a real difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Secularism pushes back. Uh, secularism tries to simply make that encounter with the real God so rare, so um, unusual, mm-hmm. so uh, impossible or rare that it's not worth the effort. It just becomes another decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I I see so often where I think people just approach it like it's it's like whether or not I'm going to sign my kid up for soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to church or we don't. It's just it's kind of like that decision we make. It, it doesn't, it, like you said, there's no realness there. That's because right. if God isn't real, then if I go That's to church right. or I don't, or we go to soccer, or we, you know... Whatever, I, whatever the decision is, it's been put on that same that's right. playing field as if it doesn't carry any more weight right. than all these other secular decisions that are that's going on. And, and I hear in your heart, Amanda, right? No judgment. That, that this is right. It, yeah. It's because it's because they have not encountered right. So uh, it's it's about not having the gift of faith. Yes. And Pope Benedict the Sixteenth says, faith, faith. Uh, is first and foremost a personal, intimate encounter with Jesus. 
it's experiencing a closeness and friendship uh, of his love. So, so what's the answer? The answer has to be about people encountering the true, real God in real ways. And that's what evangelization is all about. Uh-huh. That's what evangelization is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, there's there's uh, one Catholic uh, uh, commentator who I think has a, a beautiful, uh, a right image. I shouldn't say beautiful, but but a very meaningful, accurate image. I think of what's what's going on, and he sees he sees uh, the the church being being uh, a bride, a bride in an unhappy marriage. In other words, the 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 church, uh, the the baptized. When I'm I'm talking about these who aren't passing the faith on, mm-hmm. right? The ninety percent who aren't going to mass. What's in their heart is the same thing that's in a heart of of a bride who no longer knows the love of the groom, mm. and what she had hoped for can't be, and so she's sad. And so this this real hope she had uh, in this relationship isn't going to happen. And so now I just got to do endure what I got to endure. I got to do what I got to do. I got to I, I got to get the job done. But this relationship being the center of my happiness and where I find meaning and what integrates everything in my life, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Yes, if, if you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, we're visiting with Monsignor Thomas Richter, the pastor of Queen of Peace Parish. We're live from Queen of Peace in Dickinson, North Dakota. And uh, uh, Monsignor, uh, let's, uh, you, you know, there's listeners across the network, 10 dioceses, 5 states that are listening to you right now. And, you, you know, some are, their, their heart is, is, uh, is, uh, maybe even breaking right now because my children, my children, what can I do for them? What uh, I, I gave you my witness uh, over the break. You know, thanks be to God, my children are close to their faith. But my Godchildren, they need to baptize their children. They need to go back to church. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, <laughs> what? Uh, there's a prayer, uh, obviously, but uh, and then our witness. Uh, we're hoping our witness makes a difference to them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what is evangelization is what you're getting at. I, yeah. I think uh, um, I'm so glad uh, this interview is happening today. Um, we, I have the benefit of pointing back to the Sunday readings, the Sunday gospel, which is also the same gospel as today, the visitation. Mm-hmm. The visitation. Um, Pope Benedict XVI uses Mary in the visitation as a model of evangelization. What's evangelization like? What is evangelization? Uh, what What is the word picture of that? It is a person receiving the love of God, the Holy Spirit, being filled with uh, the presence of God, which which uh, brings tremendous meaning and joy to my life, and I want to share it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not to be complicated. Ah, there you go. So, so there you go. Thank you. So. so I, I hope these words don't turn off listeners, but um, right, evangelization is about being in love. And what you're in love with, you share. Mm-hmm. 
What, what's, what's, what's the first thing uh, a young man does when he meets uh, the, the lady he wants to marry? You know, he brings her home and wants everybody to meet her. Mm-hmm. Um, this is evangelization. It's not about being um, brilliant. It's not about being Scott Hahn. It's not about being preachy or pushy or bossy. Huh? The first 12, the apostles, they weren't brilliant. Um, it's not about uh, simply um, being nice, being good to people. It certainly involves being good, right? It certainly involves being good to people. Um, but, it's, mm-hmm. but it's being intentional. It's being intentional that I have found... I have found the one that makes all life meaningful, mm. makes, brings meaning to my suffering, brings, brings redemption to my sin and even meaning to my sin, seen in the light of his mercy. That this relationship is what defines me and integrates everything in my life. Mm-hmm. And I want others to, uh, to know him mm-hmm. because he's real. Mm-hmm. This this isn't uh, the this is not the Easter Bunny. This is not the Tooth Fairy. This is uh, in case there's kids listening. I'm not going to say something. But but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Jesus is real. Yeah. Um and and I think this and 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 you don't convince he's real by words. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. You don't Thank convince him by words. You convince him. Right? Actions speak louder in words. Uh, you don't have to tell me uh, you love Kathy. The way you live shows that. Um, and, and that's what we need to get at. Mm-hmm. And not being um, afraid to let that permeate your life. You, got you know, it. For those of us that have been blessed with yes. the gift of faith, I think sometimes people think, well, well, good for you, or you're, you're throwing that in my face. And I say, I... Who am I that I I've had this this gift that I I've you know thank God not fallen away from the faith I've, I've it's nothing I've done I've That's right. God's done that for me and then how do I just live that in a way as you said that I'm in love with Jesus and I'm not afraid to show it I'm not preaching to you it's by but but what I do because if we love something you know as you were talking I was thinking like if I found some great I don't know food or book or I don't know whatever product. I would share that with people, right. right? Like, that's what I'd give them for Christmas. I'm that's thinking right. as we're a few days from Christmas. Like, I would take it to my family and I'd say, oh, my gosh, you know, this cheese is amazing. And, you know, you <laughs> rave about it or right. whatever. Like, how do we move? Maybe that's we can right. talk about that after the break. How do we move to that sort of joy in evangelization of this is a real person, just as real as this cheese yeah. or whatever I yeah. love. And how do I bring that to my family yeah. as we're going to head yeah. into the holidays here? We, we need two more hours. Cancel everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 I, I would, I would not, not to one, oh, not to un, uh, one up in you, but uh, if, if, I, if I had the cure for cancer, what would I do? Yeah. What would I do with that? Knowing Christ is light years beyond knowing the cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. If, if I know Christ, I have no option. Not, not because I feel obliged, right. but because my, 
my, my I want others to have this. Now, there's there's uh, appropriate and inappropriate, effective and ineffective ways to yes. share, and that's what we want to get into. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with Monsignor Richter in just a moment. Stay where you're at. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, or suffering, especially from grieving, how can you find healing? I'm Father Chris Alar. While you should first seek professional help when needed, there is a roadmap that can help you to live your life again, and it is called the Spiritual Principles of Divine Mercy. First, come to admit that you are powerless over the loss of your loved one. Second, come to trust that Jesus can restore your life to manageability. And third, make the decision to entrust your will, your life, and your loved one to the loving care and protection of God. Join us and learn more about how to apply these healing principles in your life. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Yes, welcome. Welcome back, uh, everyone. Welcome back to Real Presence uh, uh, Live. We're here with Monsignor Thomas Richter. We're going to get right back into the interview. Uh, I first want to, uh, I have the website pulled up on my computer, uh, everyone. Integrated Evangelization, How to Facilitate the Encounter with Christ. And uh, uh, that website is very simple. IntegratedEvangelization.com IntegratedEvangelization.com for more uh, of what you're hearing today from Monsignor Richter, you can get uh, just go to that website. Well, back to you, Monsignor. Very good. Uh, thank you for this conversation. It, yes. ne- it never gets old. We need to talk about it more and more and more. I agree. And I think just that as we were talking kind of over the break or right before, the timeliness of it is, is we're going to be encountering families over the holidays. You know, we were talking about this idea that, <clears throat> you know, when we've been given this gift... We want to share it with others, you know, because we love Jesus, because we know God is real, and because we love our friends and family, 
we don't want to keep that from right. them. So how can we effectively and charitably share that good news with them uh, in a way that, you know, we do God's work, nice. that, that we can kind of become a vessel and open that door and allow God into their life? Right. That's the real art of evangelization. So, so not just knowing Christ and not just Christ being real to me, but how do I share him? St. Thomas Aquinas says, right, uh, one who loves gives the gift to the receiver according to the mode the receiver can receive it. Mm. Uh, a good parent knows how to guide a child according to the way a child can receive it. Some are more rebellious, and so you need uh, to, to finesse it a certain way according to the way the child can receive that gift. That's what Christmas is all about. God giving his love according to the mode we can receive it. We're scared of him, so he becomes a little child. So this gift of love, the gift of himself that he wants us to have, we don't run away from and we can receive him. So this is what evangelization is. It's the art of the lover like God who will become whatever he needs to become so that we can receive the gift he is giving. Um, and this is what evangelization is. I think, and, and so uh, St. Monica had to, be, uh, had to be taught by grace of God in this. She so deeply wanted it for Augustine. Um, but it, for many years it seemed to be ineffective, you know, and she had to go through her own conversion in order to be able to give the gift of Christ uh, the way Augustine could receive it. A couple of things in that... Uh, for our listeners that I think um, we need to take to heart. First of all, first of all is this, <laughs> that, that the primary evangelization, evangelizing our culture is the primary responsibility of the laity. Yes. Okay. That this is a Christ given mission. This isn't a mission given by a bishop, by a church, by a pastor, by a priest. A, lay per, a, a person who knows Christ, a Catholic who knows Christ, can go to heaven without being a Eucharistic minister, without being a lector, without being an usher. You can't go to heaven if you know Jesus without evangelizing. I mean, th those are pretty strong words. But, but it's true. You've got you, you to share Christ. So th that's the first thing I, that all our listeners need to take to heart, that if I know him, I need to share him. By virtue of our baptism, By as virtue lady, of baptism. That's, that's, right. that's what we're called to. You as, as priests can only reach so many people. There are yeah. more of us yeah. as lady. And <laughs> most right. often, if they're not coming into the doors of your church, that's right. you know, we, we have that day-to-day -day contact in the world. So understanding that, that it's, it's our job. It's our call from our that's baptism. Right. Yeah, yeah. Our, our job, right, is to feed you so that you have what it takes to bring Christ in into the public square for the most part. Yeah. So, so that's the, th uh, the first thing, right? Mm -hmm. that, that we need to really take to heart and feel this need and this uh, urging from Christ to do that. And so uh, what, what uh, are some concrete things? One, to give uh, according to the mode the receiver can receive it for the most part. Catholicism is always held. It's not limited to this, but the, the best, the best environment to pass on the faith is friendship. Friendship. Now, now, can we stand on a, a corner and preach Christ and some? Yeah. Can we can we uh, pass Christ on to the to the cashier at the the grocery store? Certainly. 
But but the better the better connection I have with the person, mm-hmm. right? The more they're able to receive from me. Because when somebody knows that you care about them, the, exactly right, they're going to be open to that message. They might not agree with it initially, but if they know you love them, the charity builds the bridge that allows truth to pass over. Mm. That's beautiful. Friendship builds the bridge that allows truth to pass over. So friendship, and then being intentional. So so the point of this integrated evangelization booklet wasn't. We don't want our listeners to say, okay, I got another thing I got to do. I got to add to my list (laughs) (laughs) evangelizing for four hours a week. (laughs) That's the last thing we want, right? This needs to be integrated into one's life. It's just something I do because I have an intention. I approach relationships with a deeper intention, a further intention. And what I use in the booklet is the example of St. Matthew. Matthew, the tax collector, Jesus calls him. He leaves everything. He encounters Christ. Christ is real for him. He knows Jesus is the Lord of his life and brings meaning to everything. And so he drops everything and follows him. And then the next line in the gospel is, while tax collectors were dining with Jesus at St. Matthew's house, da-da-da-da-da-da, So you can picture Matthew meeting Christ, and then what does he do? The buddies he's always had over to play pinochle, (laughs) he now has the intention of letting them meet Christ. He doesn't, he's not clinical, he doesn't have a catechism lesson. They do what they've always done, but now the desire in Matthew's heart is not just winning a pinochle game, but but that these people will come to meet Christ. Mm-hmm. This is evangelization, mm-hmm. and you integrate it in your daily life mm-hmm. with many relationships one already has mm-hmm. without being preachy, pushy, bossy. Um, but, uh, yeah, this further intention, this further intention... And inviting Christ into, like you said, you, you know, so Matthew's got his friends over. This is something we already did. But inviting Christ into those, what we'd consider normal you got it. interactions and daily things, because I think sometimes we have this tendency to compartmentalize mm-hmm. our faith. Well, I can only talk about it here or with this person or in this mm. instance. But if we have integrated our faith into our life, then evangelization becomes more normal and natural because we're bringing Christ into those things that we already do, into having friends over, into our conversations around the water cooler, into our interactions at the grocery store. And then it becomes this natural part of our life, and it's not forced, and I'm telling you what you need to do and and not do, because that's really not the heart of evangelization at all. Perfect. And that's what I want to get into, Amanda. Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. We have uh, four minutes. Go ahead. I, th- I, I think uh, one of the one of the, I have uh, four four like steps, four steps in uh, uh, the evangelization process, praying about, praying for, befriending, and accompanying. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I ha- what what I mention as accompanying, what's that about? is a person who knows Christ knows that everything, everything in the faith 
is about that friendship. And I have not met, I, I'm sure they're out there, but I have not met anyone who says, I, I don't care if I have a relationship with God. Um, that uh, if I could have a relationship with God, I'm, I'm not interested. I, I find uh, people are interested in a relationship with God, friendship with God, closeness with God. I don't think I've met anyone who says, yeah, if I could experience God, no, uh, I'm not interested. They would love to experience God more and more, to know his love more and more, a closer and closer relationship with him. Um, And so accompanying them is is, uh, helping them see everything is about that. Because we live in a world that is terribly afraid of doctrine, of authority, of hierarchy, of institutions, etc. To accompany a person in evangelization is to help a person come to see that all of those things, all of those beautiful, beautiful realities, doctrine, huh, sacraments, our hierarchy, our institutions, all those beautiful things are about this. And so you don't need to be scared of them, but to help them integrate that. So I think, I think, um, uh, a, a major element of evangelization, uh, Amanda, is is wanting to share, and for the modern man, for the secularist, to lower their defenses around institutional faith and religion by focusing on relationship with uh, with uh, the living God who's real, and mm-hmm. you can really meet Him. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Monsignor Richter, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, we have one minute left, and uh, I, I want to get this in. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting us to set up your, our studio in your office here. <laughs> and uh, any, any final parting words? Oh, gosh, any final parting words? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, in, in order to do it, uh, to evangelize well, yet one has to overcome fear. There you go. And one has to overcome pressure. There you go. Wonderful. Evangelization is about the risen Jesus wanting to encounter a sinner through another sinner who knows the risen Jesus. And when you go through the Gospels, Jesus never, ever followed fear, never followed pressure. And he doesn't do that in the evangelist's heart either. Indeed. Uh, Don't go away. We'll be right back with uh, seminarian Ryan Martyre and his story. Stay with us.